Welcome back to Sound Thoughts. I want to know what you had for dinner. I want to know your order. My name is Harrison. (laughs) Uh, I got McDonald's uh, for an early dinner. I had a McDouble, a small fry, an apple pie, and a a Coke, a large Coke. Large Coke. Uh, And who, who are you? I'm Nate. And what'd you have for dinner? Chipotle. Nice. Walk us through that Chipotle order, you know? What is that looking sure. like for you? Well, they got the carne asada right now. Nice. So you're ordering on the app, it of. sounds like. You're using the app to order. I am. Yeah. I it's only available account. on the app. I'm getting points. Oh, it really? kind of leads us to our first sponsor, Chipotle. Uh, Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> Carne asada is new from Chipotle. Get the app. Get this. Get the meat. So carne asada. What do you got going on top of that? I'm a big veggie man. Love okay. all the veggies. Got to get like the fajita veggies, the pico, lettuce, guac, corn. All right. All right. Yes. Sounds good to me. But they they just started doing the, you know, you could get like a tortilla on the side if you got a bowl, but now they charge for it, which is yeah. a little, a little sad. But I guess it makes sense. Yeah, Maddie told me that it's like twenty five cents though, so it's really not that bad. Yeah, but I'm not gonna do that. It's twenty. It's a it's a quarter. Yeah, but when you think about it, it's like I I'm not paying you guys to wrap it for me. So just give it to me for free so that I can do it myself, you know? And then they're like, no. That's true. So I'm boycotting Chipotle. Mm-hmm. Started about a week ago. So Norman <laughs> fucking Rockwell, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's the album. You want to talk about it a little bit? This is the album you're bringing, right? So. Norman fucking Rockwell. I think it's the sixth studio album by Lana Del Rey. And um, honestly, before this album came out, I had no interest in her. I'd listened to her other albums and I did not like them yeah. at all. Any hard opinions on her before that? Any thoughts you had? Um, no, just that I disliked her her music. Hmm. Before um, I listened to this album, I just always thought it was just like, 14 year old girl music ah like that's all the only people i ever saw buying her whenever i listened to it i was like all right it's fine you know mm-hmm. but then this album comes out exactly exactly blows my mind sky high because wow great piece of music we got here <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it came out 2019 it is one hour and seven minutes long a little lengthy but Uh, i I would say a little lengthy yeah (laughs) hour and seven minutes (laughs) i don't notice too much when i listen to it you know yeah i mean it's not a kendrick album so i don't know why it's that long but (laughs) (laughs) anyways let's um oh this album did get 321st 
on Rolling Stone's 500 albums of the year of the entire world. Yeah. List. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting list. Uh, we'll talk about that yeah, sometimes. It's, it's a yeah, very uh, bad list. <laughs> oh, it's bad. They redid it though. I don't know. No, I know. I'm that. talking about the updated one. <laughs> yeah. You just like look at it and you're like, what? What does that mean? <laughs> well, let's uh, let's jump into it. Yeah. Uh, do you have any favorite songs off this album? I do. I do have some. This album really strikes a, a a deep chord with me, you know. Yeah. Just like from the time I discovered it, and how it's impacted me now. Mm-hmm. Is it more the timing, or is it like the themes of it? Both. Yeah, because the themes of it are really about living in California alone. It is, and I will say, like, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, and I I know it's you know I know every band's got a California album. And it, you know, and it's very stereotypical. But this is, this this exceeds that. You know, yeah, it's definitely the the second best California album, We're right after Weezer, right? Blink One Eighty Two's California. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> does the White Album count as? A I would California count that album? as the California album, right? That's probably the number one, right? My new take on that album is it's Surf Wax America, the album. <laughs> so like, yeah, that's I think, pretty good. I think there's multiple Weezer timelines. And I think <laughs> here's how it goes. <laughs> what? <laughs> so You know, like the Legend of Zelda universe, how there's multiple timelines. Well, yeah. It's like that for Weezer. So. Okay. There is the timeline in which the Blue Album didn't. Yeah, the Blue Album happened. And then mm-hmm. that's like, you know, the, the beginning and then Pinkerton happened and that's where it splits off. Oh, okay. so Pinkerton is received. Well, is first timeline and Pinkerton is received poorly. Is the <laughs> second timeline. See, we're currently living in the second timeline where Pinkerton is received oh. poorly. And then the green album happened. Right. But where it was received well is when we get Maladroit as the third Weezer album and so on and oh, so boy. forth, you know? Yeah. And then Green Album is where, you know, or I mean, uh, not received well, you get the Green Album. And that's where we get products like a Pacific Daydream and stuff <laughs> like that, you know? So you're saying if if that album was received well, then they might be one of the most experimental rock bands on the planet right now. I'm not quite saying they- that because they're not experimental. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all, maybe but... maybe they wouldn't be shitty now. Is that maybe <laughs> yes. what you're saying? <laughs> that's what I that's what I'm saying. So now there's a third timeline in which at the blue album, Surf Wax America was the most critically acclaimed track on the album. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get the white album. <laughs> wow. What do you think? That is that is one of my faves off that album, honestly. Yeah. It's a great song. Mm-hmm. That whole album is great. But oh I mean, yeah, I, we don't need to talk about the blue album because it's the blue <laughs> album, you know. We're talking about Lana right now. Lana. So I had to go through my Weezer timeline. No, it's. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you did. It needed to be said. It needed to be said. We'll have to make like a, like one of those like investigation with the red string kind of things, you know. Yeah. Tie it all we together. Can, next time we get together, we can go through this whole thing and we can make a book or something. Yeah, I'd like that. <laughs> I'd like that. Maybe a t-shirt. Yeah. That's a... Same thing. 
but what? <laughs> I was like, giving a book or a t-shirt, like as if those are substitutes for each other. <laughs> oh, wow. So uh, I would say my favorite track off of this when I heard it for the, I mean, I heard it for the first time when it came out around that time, but mm-hmm. I haven't, I don't listen to it much because I'm not a huge fan of it. Mm-hmm. I like it, but Norman fucking Rockwell, the opening track, title track. Mm-hmm. It's got to be uh, one of my favorites on the album. For sure. Like my notes on that were just uh, amazing production. I like the piano part. I like the songwriting. Yeah. I had nothing negative to say about that song. Um, mm-hmm. To kind of go over the genre, it's very uh, mellow piano singer songwriter. Yes. Alternative pop is how I describe it. Jack I imagine. If you're listening to it, yeah. If you're listening, or if you've, if you're listening to this, you've probably heard a Lana Dalloway song. If not, then check it out. Even if you're one of those people who's like, I only like Tool, you know. (laughs) Check it out. It's it's very good. (laughs) I just named. I just named. Just name drop. Censor it. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't we just censor it? Okay, we'll just censor it. <laughs> I'll leave that part in. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I would say if you never listen to a lot of Del Rey track, probably the first track I'd say listen to. Yeah, that's a very good introduction track to her. Very it's good. An amazing song. Really high expectations after this track. That is true. Did you know this is the last single to come out? Was Was the title track? That makes sense. It's weird. I not a lot of artists release their title tracks as their singles. That's true. I just thought it was weird that it's like the first song and everything. Yeah. So number two, uh, or do you have something to say about that one? I'm sorry. Um. Yeah. Uh, you know what you were saying about production and stuff. I think Jack Antonoff and Lana do a really good job with all the instruments and noises going on in that thing. Yeah. And That's another thing. End. Jack Antonoff. If uh, you're trying to get into pop music, check him out. Just mm-hmm. look at his production credits and then find some albums that he's produced. He does it right. He does it right. Uh, there's, uh, there's some misses or there's some like uh, semi hits, but you know, they're not amazing. But there's everything he does has yeah. uh, makes it better. Like it, mm-hmm. he makes artists better at what they're doing, I feel like. Definitely. Mar- um, Mariner's apartment complex. Mariner's apartment complex. I think this was either f- the first or second single that came out. Mm-hmm, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it was the, it was the first actually. Oh, first. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Good song. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a huge fan of it. Uh, I said the intro was pretty boring. Mm-hmm. I think the entire intro until like the first chorus is just like, okay, you know. <laughs> Very yeah. uh, forgettable. I felt like it sounded like Stevie Nicks a little bit. Yeah, I um, could see that. Like I'm trying to be a hippie girl type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked the like guitar portions in the pre-chorus. Uh, it was like a good touch, you know, like just small little things production-wise mm-hmm. were really good. The multi-vocal tracking is very cool. Uh, yeah. I think probably the best part of the song. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I'm I'm a fan of this one. 
uh, coming in from that first track, you know, same thing when that after that first track, it's like, oh, well, I hope the rest of the album's like that. And I think it is. I don't think it's fully there, but I still think it's a, a good second track. I like the lyrics. Yeah, it's hard to follow up that first song. I think that's probably where I was kind of uh, getting bored with this one because like that first one, like the entire four minutes is good. Yeah. Um, are you ready to move on to the next one? Yes. Cool. Uh, Venice Bitch. Venice Bitch. Second single to come out. Can you believe that? This is a single? This song is a is single. A nine minute song? <laughs> that's correct. Yeah, that's that's insane. There's no way this was on the radio, right? Was it cut down? I think it was cut down, yeah. Which lame. is kind of lame. Yeah. yeah. Artists who cut down songs for singles, it's kind of a weird choice. It is. It's like when artists re-record a song vocally so they can put it on the radio. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that Kanye Lil Pump song, Freak, uh, Freaky Girl, and, instead no, of Freaky Girl. One. Yeah. You know what song I'm talking about? Oh, they really did that? Yeah. So like the radio version is Freaky Girl. Like, you're such a freaky girl instead of... Oh, God the other thing that's awful yeah right it's like why would you do that you know <laughs> i think the most famous one is the uh forget you fuck you yeah. song you know mm-hmm. uh this song though venice bitch i thought the chord structure was mad but everything after that like what once i got past that i was pretty excited about it you didn't like the chord structure yeah like i, I didn't like the uh yeah like the general there's a couple different parts though. Yeah. I, I'm kind of talking about the main main portion of the song. Main riff. Yeah, like the main riff in the, the song. The thing that goes on forever at the yeah. end. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. Cause I really but, like the chorus chorus chords. Yeah, I liked that part too. I thought the lyrical writing was like a huge part of this song. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually was like reading along with the lyrics for a lot of this album because it felt like really storytelly and I wanted that out of it. Yeah, for the sure. synth parts in this song were amazing. Uh, yes, great guidance with with putting in synths and natural sounding things. Mm-hmm. Uh, this whole album is a really good example of that. And then the the melodies are are really good, like of like the vocals and stuff. And I thought the length was actually pretty decent. Me too. Like it keeps going on, but it's kind of worth it. Mm-hmm. maybe could have been like seven minutes long instead of nine maybe but like still seven minutes is a long song and i don't like long songs so what i see in this song is yeah i'm a big fan of how it ends you know doing something like that in a pop song mm-hmm. is pretty pretty cool pretty stand out but i think it was just like uh you know a long night between lana and jack and then lana's like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna go to bed and he's like okay and uh, she leaves, and he's sitting there, and he's like, "Yeah, we got a four-minute pop song here," and just starts fucking jacking off every instrument he can, <laughs> you know, ex- extending that measure bar to the ten-minute zone, and just playing yeah. his little his little Jack Antonoff heart out for for <laughs> for seven minutes straight. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I mean. <laughs> Very patronizing of Jack Antonoff. It felt like that entire time, but like I'm fine with it. No, no, know? no. I, I, I love him. I love him. <laughs> a, uh, 
if if you're listening to this, Jack, uh, we'd love to have you on the pod. <laughs> if anyone knows Jack Antonoff, please hook us up with Jack Antonoff. <laughs> please. Please. All right, all right, dude. All right, all right. Cool off. So uh four, yeah, fuck I... it, I love you. Buy yes. me a drink first, am I right? <laughs> Quit doing that, man. Quit doing that. <laughs> Um, I said the lyrics were the strongest part of this song out of the gate, like intro wise. Mm-hmm. Um, instruments kind of were boring in the first half of the song. Um, but the best part to me was the vocal style. Like it's you a very mean, like, talky song. Oh yeah. Like it's, it's like talking esque mute, like singing, which I liked and not something I expected Lana to do because I feel like Lana's very, uh, I don't know, traditional with her vocal yeah like area and that was not something i expected and i liked that a lot it, it felt like a uh, a good change of pace this far into the album after a nine minute track and all that mm-hmm. um honestly so the first time i listened to this i was like this is not one of my favorite tracks and then i feel like now it's up there yeah like it, felt, it's a I really good song mm-hmm. yeah i'm not a big fan of how she says how she sings the chorus though for some reason that always it, yeah. it's, it's it's gone away the more i listened to it but the first time i was like i was like what what is he, she even saying because i didn't look at the song name or anything because mm-hmm. she kind of like slurs it yeah that was just a weird moment for me but you know that's that's it um anything else you feel about this song <laughs> no i think it's a good song it, it does fall kind of into yeah, not not my not my like all time favorite, but still good song. I'm still glad it's on the album. Yeah. Know? Something I'm probably gonna start doing with these lengthy albums, which I did with this one, is I have a few songs that I just wrote delete next to. <laughs> <laughs> songs that I was I'm just like, if I was producing this album, I would have cut. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's not one of them though. Nice. Just you know, a little teaser. Just a little teaser. Number five, uh, doing time. Doing time. Thought the production was really good on this one. Uh, the harmonies, the drums. I like the mm-hmm. space of this song. Um, but the songwriting was kind of meh. This is a cover. I hope you know that. Oh, I didn't know that. You didn't know that? No. Really? No. Now, what is this cover? Uh, I believe it's Sublime. Hmm. Well, we all love Sublime. <laughs> you know, one of the best bands of our generation, Sublime. Hey, they're, they're not that bad, all right? You know, the song Date Rape, good stuff. Was he outed or something? No, there's just the, the song Date Rape, you know? I know. What Man, did he do? What did he do to dead. you? The guy's dead. I know. I know he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying I, I don't think Sublime's very good. All right. Well, I don't either, but you know, I don't think they're bad. You know, they're just they're just there. Just let them Ooh. be there. <laughs> I'm just gonna take a hard stand on this. You know. All right. All right. I I appreciate your hard no, stand. No more sublime. We're done with sublime. We're all we're right. gonna revamp it. It's sublime with Rome now. <laughs> <laughs> the what sublime was missing was a piece of Europe. <laughs> That's we got correct. it. You know? They did get it. I'm surprised they got it. I'm surprised. I'm surprised they got all of Rome. You know. 
<laughs> a lot of voices, a lot of tour buses when they go on tour. Yeah. So uh, doing time. I did not realize that was a cover, though. Yeah. Interesting. It is a weird choice when artists choose to put covers on their albums. It is, but she she does it a lot. Like, I think every album she has a cover. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Cake does that a lot. They do. Like, their best album is like, I think there's like three covers on it or something. On Fashion Nugget? Yeah. Really? I, I know two off the top of my head, and I think there's another one that's a cover. Because Sad Songs and Waltzes is a cover. I, I think survive. it's a Willie, Willie Nelson song. And then I Will Survive, yeah. Huh. I think there's another one, too. Beach Boys did it, though. Pet Sounds has got a couple covers on it, I think. Or at least one. Wow. So uh, it's not unheard of, but let's let's move on from that one. Let's go to the six uh, love song. Love song. I felt like this one was very Lord inspired, like sounds like mm -hmm. melodrama, which obviously could be Jack Antonoff partly, yes. uh, being as he worked on that album as well. Uh, but I thought the the track was really good. Towards the end, I was like, "This sounds like something." And I was like, "I have no idea what it sounds like, but it sounds like something." And I realized it just sounds like gold, Golden Hour. By Casey Musgraves. Oh, I have not heard that song. It's the the album. Oh, that's what the album's called. Yeah, that's what it's called, right? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I like the album a lot, but now I'm worried that it's not called that. All I know is the cowboy song. Yeah, it's called Golden Hour. Oh. It sounds like that album, which is a country pop album that won Album of the Year in 2018. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> great discussion. Didn't blow me away, though. Nah, me neither. It's a very um, basic track to yeah. me. Not bad, but just compared to the other, compared to how much is going on through this whole thing, it's kind of a, right here, I think, is a low, is a, the lowest point for me mm. from this song to uh, How to Disappear. Okay, well, I'm, I'm glad that you think that. Yeah, um, not not that I dislike any of these tracks, just compared to the rest. Yeah, no, that's fair. What about you? Um, I have to agree with that lol. So Cinnamon Girl, like moving on to that one, mm -hmm. because we can kind of generalize those. Uh, I thought it sounds like the same as this song, like as the as love song. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like so disinterested. Like the outro was decent. Really, I, I did not. I'm not a fan of that outro. <laughs> really? I like the bridge, too. I thought it was the best part of the song. But mm -hmm. I was just like, this is just the same thing again. <laughs> I was like, I'm yeah. over it. Like, almost Basically. to a point where, like, I was, once I got to How to Disappear, I was like, I need to start paying attention again because, like, I'm not paying attention anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I'm bored, which is kind of the, the Lana Del Rey, like, stamp. <laughs> That I noticed yes. a lot of her music has where I'm like, I'm tuned out now. Like it's just on, mm -hmm. which is unfortunate. But I mean, obviously Thumb is an exception at most points, but she kind of falls into that again. So Cinnamon Girl was a delete song for me. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I would keep it probably. 
Yeah. I, I, I'm not a fan of the outro, but I, I do like the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And I like the melody and stuff. And like you were saying, the bridge. Kind of just a weird hip hoppy outro that I was kind of like, eh. You you did it in, in, in the Venice song. You don't have to you don't have to put things after this song. Yeah. You know? See, I kinda like when artists do that type of thing where it's just like, all right, this is out of left field. You know what I mean? Because like mm-hmm. I want a whole album of that usually. That's like what I'm looking for. And like of right. course I like albums that like sound very similar to each other, but like I really like things that explore multiple things. No, me too. I just don't think to me, I don't think it was a it, good job of doing that. That's fair. How uh how did this yeah, let's how to disappear. I was reading the lyrics with this one because I was like, this obviously the storytelling is like a huge part of this. Mm-hmm. And what I discovered from just the lyrics, because I try not to do too much, was just like, is it about failed relationships? I think it, it felt uncomfortable to me, which is like a reason that like I had preconceived notions about Lana Del Rey before going into this, which mm-hmm. is about her whole like romanticizing abuse type thing. Right, right. And this album kind of fell into that, I felt like. But when I read the lyrics, it was like, okay, maybe I'm projecting onto it for, with that. Mm-hmm. But like, it really felt that way. Yeah. I do um, like the production in this track, though. Yeah. And like, that's kind of what I was able to take me out of it. I was, it would took me out of like, I don't know. She has a whole lot of piano tracks, and there were, this was not a super piano heavy track. Mm-hmm. And I liked that about it. I yeah, like pretty bouncy, bouncy kind of pop song. Exactly. Um, whereas like there's an like I think Doing Time is the one, you know, that's why Doing Time sounds familiar. Sorry, I <laughs> have to go back. Um, Doing Time was another one that kind of had that like bouncy feel and like very like uh change yeah. of pace. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense on why that song sounds familiar now. I honestly thought I just heard it before, like on the radio or something. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's that's a weird revelation I'm just now, now having. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, I liked this better than that effort at that. And I think How to Disappear was definitely up there on them. Like it, it definitely would not be a purgeable track to me. Right. Yeah. No, me neither. Uh, do you want to move on to California? Yes. This is where, for me, this is this is from here to the end of the album basically is is just very means a lot to me you know yeah all these songs after you know honestly venice bitch reminded me of you a lot but california was like it's pretty pretty heart stringing yeah is that how you would say that it's just because of my relationship with you too it pulls on your heartstrings is i think what yes. you're trying to say yeah no That's i like it. it a lot and for an artist I don't listen to much like their lyrical content to actually evoke emotion is pretty mm-hmm. big deal, you know? So I'll give it that for sure. The, yeah. at the very beginning of California, it was like, Oh, the scientist by Coldplay. <laughs> <laughs> it, it has a very basic chord structure, but yeah, her, her melodies over it, I think. Yeah. And that's for it. I started changing my mind. Like, I don't know. It's like about connecting with old friends. I like the song. It's like a, the mm-hmm. gist I got. Yeah. And like, you know, if you ever come, I don't know, this song was, I don't, I don't have a star next to it, but I thinking back to it, like I kind of am feeling an emotional connection to it. Yeah. 
the vocal quality is like very unique and stands out in the album. It's not boring like a lot mm-hmm. of the other tracks, I think. Mm-hmm. And I keep saying that because it's like my gripe with Lana Del Rey is like her her voice is kind of boring. So like when she kind of goes out of that same voice that she uses, it's very uh, entertaining to me. Yeah. But yeah, no, solid track for me. One of my faves, California. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... I, we can do this at the end of the album too, but definitely one of the ones I would be like, Hey, listen to this. Like if you're going to listen to a couple songs, mm-hmm. um, number 10, I, we're going to have a strong disagreement on this. I have, I have a feeling. So I'll <laughs> let you start. This is also another one of my faves next best American record. I don't okay. know why I enjoy it so much. I, I, I really like the lyrics and how they're saying that they're trying to write the the best next the next best american record you know i think it's a cool concept for a song it has some basic basic elements you know the guitar part is very basic but Mm. the chorus is a very cool key change and it all wraps together nicely i i like it you know yeah this was a delete song for me really (laughs) this is this is a heavy delete song i think probably after cinnamon girl like this is an important delete song for me. I didn't like it at all. I, I was like, this is the most predictable song on this album. This feels like it was not going to make the cut. And they're like, let's just throw it in there. Like, it's fun. Um, I was, is it like about fucking your producer? Kind of, I guess. <laughs> I was like, that, that confused me. And I was like, all right. Hmm. Like, get it, I guess. But I didn't, I just wasn't feeling it. Um, I was just bored the entire time. There was like some cool textures, like at the end, like noise wise, yeah. which is like a plus for this album for me is like some of the use of background noises and stuff, mm. um, which is something that may, really makes or break breaks an album for me. Um, so I can give it that, but would not recommend this song. Dang. Maybe a two out of 10. <laughs> Jeez. That's just comparatively to the rest of the album, you know? Yeah. In the rest of the world, it'd be one. Huh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> like when you ask for a critique from someone and then they give it to you and then you just get upset. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I didn't really, I don't really think that, but Yeah. <laughs> I wanted you to tell me what you think, but I wanted you to say what I wanted you to say. I didn't want to hear any bad stuff. I already knew the bad things I wanted you to say, so just say that stuff. <laughs> say some good. Say a good thing. That's all I say. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what what, what would you thing? like about it? <laughs> what? <laughs> what you like about it? Uh, the greatest. The greatest. Um. Good pro- chord progression. That is very mm-hmm. hooking. This is one of the type of chord progression that I could find stereotypical or like uh, cliche, but it's one of those ones that just gets me. Yeah. I don't yeah. have the music term for it. I'm sure there's some sort of like a interval term for how this chord progression is written. I just don't know it. Uh, but it's the type of one that like, I'm like, I'm going to listen to this song. Like anytime I hear it, mm-hmm. um, which since I can't describe it, I'd just like recommend if you're listening to just listen to the beginning real quick 
and see what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. Definitely one of like the best ballads on this album. Yes. Uh, sure. I liked some of like the cool guitar parts in the middle. Um, also, Lana's voice shines in this track with actual like display of her talent. Um, and like the lyrical tone and all of that. This was like something with the storytelling and dynamic because she's not really amazing at dynamic historically. Mm-hmm. She changes her lyrical tone and like loudness with the dynamic of the song. Yes. But also with the dynamic of the lyrics, like in the story, mm-hmm. which is cool. great. And I really appreciated that because it's really good storytelling in addition to really good songwriting and really good like structuring. Yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of wanted to talk about the ending lyrics of this song. I don't mm. know if you read them. No, I didn't read the lyrics of this song because I could kind of understand them, but I don't know them off the top of my head. It's, it, it was kind of weird to me. I was kind of like a little stru- t- taken out of the song at the end because of them. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like what what was going on at that time. And so in that last little uh, verse it's like an outro verse like same melody as the verse but it's like mm. she's saying oh if this is it i'm signing off like the hook kind of thing mm. and she says like hawaii just missed a fireball which i guess is talking about that like nuke scare you know yeah that was a long time ago she was writing this album for a lot while then huh mm-hmm. then it says la is in flames it's getting hot and these i'm not saying they're bad yeah, they just come off as a little <laughs> they just come off a little cliche you know yeah and then she says kanye west is blonde and gone and that was the one that i was like what the heck <laughs> i mean true though right it's like because that's when he was probably just... doing uh jesus is king right yeah mm-hmm. he was like i'm gonna release yandi and he's like just kidding i'm gonna go to africa and write a christian <laughs> hip-hop album <laughs> mm-hmm. but then she says oh the live stream's almost on and then i'm like oh no that's that's fair you can do your little thing if you say, oh, the live stream's almost on as your last lyric. Because <laughs> that's pretty That's pretty culturally defining, you know? That's true. Live streams, you know? That, that yeah. was never a thing. And now it's like people are waiting on... I mean, videos it was not in, in COVID times, but like live streams in general, I mean, it kind of puts it... Maybe it was like to put this album in a time. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I think that's how I see that effort. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little weird at points, but I like the idea. Mm-hmm. Maybe not in this song. Yeah. With how, like, detailed the rest of the lyrics were, I feel like maybe just move it to a different song if you wanted to do that. But yeah, just throw it in a great American record or whatever, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you don't like that song so much. <laughs> Did it's you cool. like how I did you know, like the old cool. person? Like I'm going to purposely call it the wrong thing. Cause I'm too cool to know, you know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's a phenomenon that just bewilders me <laughs> is when people refuse to say the full name of something. Cause like to feel cooler, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. do you know like that new band? I don't know. It's like uh, Taylor Swift. I, Swift. I don't, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, you know, the whole name, just say it. <laughs> I like that. I, I like when that happens. You like that? You do, do you do that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
go to the grocery you guys have like a tomato a t- tomato I, I don't know what whatever those are, like red I don't know. <laughs> no, if i do that they're like get out of here a tomato <laughs> they're like you know homeless people in the store <laughs> no betting in the store sir <laughs> uh but uh good good track good track yeah um up there for me bartender um a bartender the amount of polarization between the song before it, you know, the greatest and bartender mm. uh, is like unbelievable because of how boring bartender is. <laughs> Not a fan of bartender. The vocal huh? emotion is just completely flat. Like mm. the song feels very low effort. The song feels like, Hey, we hit seven 30 and we're going home at 10. I have this idea just hit record and let me try it out. And then like they pressed it like, that's a really good one, you know? And then like, there was very little thought after that. Mm. Obviously, you know, that's not how music works, but like, right. That's how it feels effort wise, where it's just like, it feels like maybe the last or the most middle most song written. Yeah, I could see that. So that was my last, or yeah, my second to last delete track. Mm. I had four four songs on this album. I felt like I could delete, making it a ten song album, and probably about forty five minutes long. Yeah, I I, Which, I still think this one belongs on here. Okay, I like I, and the, I the... I want to say I say that with like a take that with a grain of salt because that's the term, right? <laughs> I think so. I don't um, know. Because I don't not I'm not saying that people should delete music forever. Oh, yeah, it's very mm-hmm. important to the album, and it's you know it, like all songs are detrimental to an album because that's how it's released. But like this is just my like take. Right, right, right. So, what are your thoughts on that song, "The Bartender"? Yeah, I'm a fan of it. I, I like the um, I like the melody a lot, especially in the pre-chorus. Or, oh no, I guess, yeah, pre-chorus. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is basic, but it still has some, I don't know, there's still some things that I like about it. Whenever I hear it, I, I enjoy it at this point in the album, you know. It's a good transition between those last few songs and then how this album comes around and ends. Yeah, so... And that's, I do feel like it's like the beginning of the end portion. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But also being sandwiched between the greatest and like happiness as a butterfly. Yeah. Makes it more disappointing. Mm. And like that kind of brings me to my second or most favorite song on the album. Yes. Which would be happiness as a butterfly. Me too. This one uh, and the first track. Mm-hmm. Those are my two top for sure. But mm-hmm. now, now I'm starting to think California is up there too. But maybe for songwriting in general, I think this is like slightly yeah. better than Norman fucking Rockwell. But Norman fucking Rockwell just checks more boxes for me, just like personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like production is very, very dynamic in the song. The song feels conclusive, which for an album is really cool when it's not like the only example I can think of is Butterfly by Weezer. 
mm. the last song in Pinkerton, which I think is a very disappointing ending track for that album. <laughs> and this oh, is yes. not that. You know what I mean? Yeah. This mm-hmm. is like tried hard last track. It's not like, let's just throw the acoustic song on the end and like be done. Mm-hmm. Um, the intro is great. The emotion is far better than Bartender. Um, and then the lyrics are really cool, which like I had like a, a written down lyric that I'm, the hook part where it's like uh, if he's a serial killer then what's the worst that can happen to a girl that's already hurt yeah which goes falls back into that what i was talking about with like the problematic portion of lana del rey and what mm-hmm. i kind of walked mm-hmm. into it with but it's like almost like the best way you can say that yeah because you're like not glorifying abuse you're just saying the emotion at it you know what i mean mm-hmm. and like kind of shining a light on it and i feel like it's a much more interesting way to say it, but the lyrics are really cool. I had nothing negative to say about the song. No, it's, it's really a perfect track. Yeah. It's wow. Yeah. The first time I heard the song, I was just like, wow, I didn't know this kind of song was out there, you know? Mm-hmm. And this was one of the first ones I heard really from the album. Yeah. So it definitely was this a me single. In. Do you know? Um, let me check. I don't think so. It, I, actually, it might have been. I don't, I don't remember. I'm really bad at knowing the singles on albums that I like only heard like really late. Because I don't listen to the radio like at all. It was not a single. Okay. It was yeah. Um. Hope is a dangerous thing for a woman like me to have, but I have it. Mm-hmm. Closing track. What are your thoughts? I think this is the closer. I mean, because it is the closer. Yeah. I think that last track, that last track is definitely a part of how the album closes, but this feels like a final message, like a final sum up of what Lana's been talking about the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's more uplifting. She's not ending on a sad note. And I think it, it does deserve to be there because the first couple of times I listened to this album, I was like, well, why doesn't it just end with having this as a butterfly, you know? But mm. since I've been on it for a while, uh, it feels it feels good when I get to that track, especially yeah. the one before it. This is a... like she knows, you yeah. know, she knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. I like the lyrics a lot. Yeah, this is where this uh, our format of this podcast becomes interesting with the whole like, I just really listened to it effectively like, in, right, like right, you know, right. with uh a lot of thought and you have been for a while because this was a delete song for me because really? i thought that 13 should have been the closer mm-hmm. happiness is a butterfly should have been the closer and i was like well this is a disappointing ending this is the ironically the butterfly <laughs> of the album where i'm like oh, come on like you had it you had it there <laughs> and like you, you decided to put another one like this song would have done very well, I think, earlier in the album. But I understand what you're saying by like it wraps up everything. Mm-hmm. You should, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just say try it again. Look at the lyrics. Yeah. Because um, this whole album, she's basically been talking about, you know, that the kind of theme of that song. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the lyrics where she's like, she's been pacing around in her nightgown. I don't know. It's like you find a comfort. In the end, it's not just a crushing, sad love song, you know? Yeah. 
but I don't know. That's just my take on it. Nice. Um, well, I, th- I think that concludes it. I don't think I have much else to say about the album. Um, I actually didn't rate this one, but I'd probably give it around like an eight out of 10. Mm-hmm. This off it's off the dome. Yeah. This one probably a strong nine for me. Nice. I'm a that, big that, fan. I, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I wouldn't say like, Oh, it's bad. Um, I will say though, if Billie Eilish wasn't just fucking murdering the Grammys last year. <laughs> yeah. And if like that Lizzo album wasn't up there and like, I mean, I guess there was not a contest for Lizzo album cause that was in a different category, but like, right. I think this should have gotten a lot more. I think this 2019 was a really good year for music and we keep doing albums from that year. Yeah, we do. Because like we had that Ariana Grande, thank you next album for pop. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a whole lot of stuff going on but uh, I mean Billy, Billy obviously dominated over this yeah. but I think it probably deserved some more noms I think so too uh, yeah once I saw her in the the pop album category I was like oh dang it yeah she, she, Billy you know Billy's winning of course but exactly it, it's good that it's up there mm-hmm. um, let's you want to talk about our Spotify raps yes so uh, for those who don't know, which I imagine everyone knows, Spotify does this thing where they tell you what you listen to this year. And uh, it's usually from January to like October. So not the whole year, but you know, a good chunk of it. It's almost fully wrapped. Close to like fully Spotify, like most of the year wrapped, like right quarters one through three. You're cutting the the Christmas wrapping paper and you cut almost enough, but then you have to cut like a little extra piece and you have to tape it on and it looks kind of weird. You ever do that? Yeah. I usually just, I mean, it's like, what's the decision? Do you rewrap it at that point? Yeah. I think it more matters just what's on the inside. You know, if the wrapping looks bad, who cares? You know? That's true. Because you're going to tear it anyway. Yeah. Like if you want to be a professional rapper, go work at the North Pole. Have yeah. you seen the thing? Have you seen the presents that come from the North Pole? Those things are those are good, but beautiful. I my presents from the North Pole are never wrapped, honestly. What do you What do you mean? Like, like presents that came from the North Pole usually were just there in the morning unwrapped. Like, oh, here it is, you know. Oh, your Here's- Santa was lazy. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> no, it's like more exciting. You go in the living room and you're like, oh, it's there, you know? There's the... There it is. Yeah, you know, And then we'll put an ad in right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good spot for it. <laughs> There's the Anchor. Anchor is a new app. <laughs> it's like a free app. <laughs> All right, let's talk about it. What what you got? Do, do you want to... Uh, I'll start because mine's probably less exciting than yours. So uh, some background is I use my Spotify um, pretty much to listen to new music or stuff that I don't have on vinyl because mm-hmm. uh, I prefer to listen to music uh, physically and I listen to a lot of it at, at work, which is not Spotify. And uh, so let, let's go through. I uh, when I got 137 artists. Uh, I don't know <laughs> oh, if that's wow. a lot. Does yours have that on yours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what I got uh, 754. Yeah, <laughs> a little rough, a little rough on my end. 
I could do better. I could do better. I'll work harder next year. I, I spend a lot of time digging, you know, as yeah, for the main true. things I do on Spotify. So, um, so I listen to 120 genres, including 74 new ones. So, you know, there's some growth there. Nice. Um, my number one genre was rock. <laughs> my nice. number two genre was hip hop. Wow, really? Yeah, which for me, pretty big deal, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I think I got indie rock and then hyper pop and uh, pop. Nice. Now, uh, when it goes to my... Oh, I'm sorry. Number five was punk, not pop. Oh. Wait, was pop even on the list? No, it wasn't. I lied. Hyper pop was. Wow. Uh, my top song of the year was Money Machine by 100 <laughs> what? Gex. What? What do you wow. want me to say? I don't know. That's How many times have you listened to that song? So here's the thing is I, I couldn't get that record on vinyl for a very oh. long time. So I was listening to that record just on repeat for so long because <laughs> like <laughs> i was like well i can't listen to it anywhere else i better put it on spotify you know yeah. get them those that that stream money that mm-hmm. 0.04 cents per stream you know <laughs> and yeah so that was streamed a lot but it wasn't streamed that many times i think it's like 17 or 20 times hmm. um, 17 or 24 20 17 to 24 probably i think it said like 20 or something but i don't know because i'm sure i listened to it more than that yeah this is where it's bad though <laughs> oh do you want to take a guess at like some of my top songs um so we already know number one it's money machine by 100 gex is it, is it all just gex the rest of it <laughs> It is. <laughs> so number two is Ringtone. Number ah. three is Stupid Horse. Number four is 800 Decibel Cloud. And then the what last the one, heck? <laughs> I believe, is uh, 745 Sticky. Wow. Yeah, so that's bad. That's fine. I mean, you're supporting, you're supporting the artist, you know? That's true. Um, I didn't really listen to any podcasts. Um my pioneer moment uh which is like if you listen to someone early was um maya hawk's record oh nice i listened to uh the first song on that record before it hit fifty thousand streams wow so that's pretty pretty cool yeah um you know decade i explored the most was 2000s Good stuff. I don't know what I listened to in the 2000s much. Um, hmm. But before I say my my top artists, do you want to you want to start on yours? Sure. So yeah, it's, uh, 754 new artists discovered. <laughs> A lot of digging. Good stuff. Good stuff. Searching for new music. Let's see what my genres say. I listened to 362 genres and 258 new ones. Wow. Top genres. Number one is indie rock. Number two is hip hop. Number three is rock. Number four is indie garage rock. 
and number five is escape room (laughs) (laughs) it's escape room well when i when i did this i thought the same thing what's this escape room thing and then i went and looked it up and i guess it happened to a good amount of people it's not it's this weird grouping that spotify does of certain bands and kind of puts them all in the same genre together. And as I was reading it, you know, I wasn't really reading it too intensely. So honestly, I don't remember because I looked it up a while ago. Yeah. But it was something like patterns and certain, I don't know, you know. I, I, I'm not fully grasping what you're saying at all. I, I didn't really understand it either. It's like puzzle music? Like. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't just listening to music that was played in escape rooms. <laughs> That's so what I was not... thinking, you know, <laughs> that or like uh, music that has hidden, hidden puzzles in it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not really sure. It, it's just like I think it's something to do with experimental music. Okay, I have no idea. After that, my top track was "Ain't It Funny" by Danny Brown. Okay. And I think I'm in the same boat as you a little bit because I don't listen to too many songs over and over again. Mm-hmm. And so this song, you know, it's a great song. Don't get me wrong, but I've maybe listened to it. Wait, does it tell you how many times you've listened to it? Um, I think mine said 17 or something, but I don't, I could have, I could be wrong. It could have been something else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now it's, it tells you your story with your top song. I streamed it in January. And then on July 4th, I streamed it the most. <laughs> wow, you party at 4th of July party with that. Huh? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it only has 32 streams. So I guess I've listened to that song a good amount of times. Yeah, I think that's why I had a problem with like my top songs is because I listen to albums once on Spotify or like twice, maybe. Mm-hmm. And if I'm like not a huge fan, then I don't listen to much anymore. I go song by song, you know. Or if I like it a lot, I go buy it, you know? Right. Yeah. So like, I think that's the issue, but I, I wish I could see this, but like with ev- all music I've heard, I listened to at, in any way whatsoever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just, just you wait when the, when the cameras and the drones get smart enough, I'm sure there will be a, not just a wrapped for Spotify, but a wrapped for your life. Son, <laughs> your food wrapped. <laughs> you ate McDouble <laughs> 32 times this year. Here's a video of you. And it's just like you, like maybe in a grocery store or something. <laughs> it's like a really blurry picture. <laughs> like you, you glance up for a second. <laughs> That'd be terrifying. <laughs> Very scary. <laughs> My top songs looks... It looks okay. Okay. Uh, so it's Danny Brown, and then it's a daughter song, and then it's an Earl Sweatshirt song, and then it's a daughter song, and then it's an Earl Sweatshirt song. Okay, so not a whole lot of. I mean, I can't really talk, but the those the diversity those were, wasn't there. Yeah, there was no diversity. Those are, I think, I mean, when I look at it, those are like I'm like, oh yeah, those are those are some good songs, you know? And yeah, so I can see why party party songs or what yeah very the flammable man by daughters a very party song <laughs> people usually get down to daughters at parties you know yeah <laughs> you know oh i actually had a 
a couple podcasts I listen to. It's giving yeah. me like a podcast section. Mm-hmm. It's asking me to guess my top podcasts. Yeah, I, I guess mean, I guessed it don't, right. Don't say it? who it is. Yeah, don't say who it is because uh, we're not giving those people credit. Yeah, you know? but they're good. There's no other podcasts. <laughs> it's just us. <laughs> I spent 178 minutes listening to podcasts this year. It's really not that much. Yeah, really I mean, I listen to all my podcasts on Apple, so I, I, oh. I don't know how long, but it probably was longer than that. <laughs> you use Apple for some things. You, you can plug a podcast if you want, though. What podcast was it? A twenty four, baby. Nice. Not much I to lo- listen I to love there. That what? Not much it's to good. listen to. Okay, well, yeah, it's short. Well, no, like it, there's just not that many episodes, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I meant. They're coming out with a new season, though. So, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that real quick, because uh, I was listening to it uh, about a week ago. I was listening mm-hmm. to that episode with like a, a guy whose show isn't out yet, and the actress from euphoria zendaya no a different actress do you know what episode i'm talking about no oh well this is not gonna be an interesting conversation then (laughs) (laughs) i listen to the ones that i know i'm not gonna oh i I listen to all of them oh you listen to the john c Riley, fred armerson one no the newest one i think it's good i did not check that out only you, right. need, only you check that out. Everyone who's listening, don't. <laughs> check out ours. Check out our podcast as, you, as you're listening to it. Check it out. Uh, let's see. Let's see what else is going on here. I'm a pioneer. Um, I listened to one of JPEG singles before it hit 50,000 streams. So That's pretty cool. I, I feel good about that. You know, I'm a diehard I, for him. I thought it was going to be like when I saw that section, I thought mine was going to be stupid. Like a local band that I listened to or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you listened to this before it got to 150 streams. <laughs> it's like, damn, <laughs> like, fun. Cool. Yeah. But no, right. if that's some now we're caught up year. Oh wait. Yeah. Sorry. I don't want to, I don't want to get too far. So my number five artist this year was a uh, Holy child. Wow. Really? Yeah. That's cool. That new album is good. Quick mm-hmm. little plug. Check out Holy Child's uh, Julie Delicious album, The Theatrical Death, Julie Delicious. Heavily recommend if you're into cool pop music. Yes. Who's your number five? I'm trying to look at... Oh. Number five for me would be JPEG Mafia. My man. That's good. I, I was surprised. I thought he was going to be number one for you, honestly. I kind of thought so too, but I, I, I can see why. You know, he just doesn't have that wide of a library yet. Yeah. You know, compared, to, compared to the bands that are in here. And I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, because yeah. each one of them's got. Now, this is the one that I think that we might have similar ones on our list. Number four is King Cruel for me. Really? Yeah. Man Alive was the reason that happened. I don't listen to really any other album by King Cruel, but I listen to Man Alive a lot this year. Man that Alive. Top album album of the year right there. Yeah, one of the top albums. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say album of the year, but it's definitely up there. I wouldn't say album of the year either. Actually, maybe maybe I might. It would be in my top five albums of the year, probably. 
Yeah. Easily. Now, uh, what's your number four? It's 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 uh it's brand new. <laughs> Ooh, I'll be totally honest with you. <laughs> you just got doxxed. We'll just bleep that. <laughs> <laughs> Please bleep <It's> that. <laughs> I'm gonna actually do that so everyone's like, who who was that? Like, why is that so bad? You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. I don't really want to talk about it, I guess. Yeah, let's just let's just not talk about it, right? Better. Yeah. So this is where mine starts to suck. <laughs> this is where my list starts to suck. Oh. My number three is Dylan Brady. <laughs> what the heck? Who, who listens to Dylan Brady's solo music? There is nothing. It's just when you listen to 100 Gex, it's 100 Gex, Laura Less, Dylan Brady. <laughs> well, that's funny. Yeah. That's pretty funny. I would like to admit, though, that I did get that album on vinyl, so there's definitely way more 100 Gex listens than there are like, in addition to this. Yeah. And then I'll just say, you know, mine going up, and then it goes number two is Laura Less, <laughs> and then it's 100 Gex. Wow. So uh, kind of disappointing there. I wish it was a better list, but uh, support the Gex, you know? Always, always be supporting the Gex. So let's go through your your top three. Hopefully, top it's three. not as problematic. <laughs> it's not number three. We got Earl Sweatshirt. All right, my man. Been loving him this year. You know, after he came out with that one album, I, I've been I've been a big fan. Old and new music. Mm-hmm. Number two, Radiohead, of course. Uh, you know they got a huge catalog, and uh, and I'll I'll probably put on a, one of their albums at least once or twice a week. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then number one, can you guess? I was gonna say Danny Brown because that was your top song. It was my top song, but he's not in here. Interesting. Then uh, let me give my real guess, which which would be Daughters. Daughters. It's not Daughters. Dang. Daughters what? did not make the cut um death grips it's death, death grips. grips oh i should have known that i was in i was the it says i'm i was the point i was in the point five percent of their listeners nice mine was lame mine was like five percent like i was in the top five percent which no, like, that's, that's good it's not fair you know i want to be number one geck fan right well, you're going to have to listen to a lot of Gex to be the number one Gex fan. Their whole entire 23 minutes of content. <laughs> but yeah, I listened to over 2,000 minutes of Death Grips this year. Congratulations. I guess, I guess that feels good a little bit. Yeah, feels good. I've been listening to Year of the Snitch a little bit more. I like that album, I think. I was going to bring that one at some point. You should out of the death grips albums you should bring you should bring that one and not money store i wouldn't bring money store bro we've heard enough money store you know (laughs) (laughs) we get it guys money store money store money money store store. how about this how about what how about stop you know how about stop store (laughs) nice quit cut it out store cut it out store (laughs) get it Learn new album store. Get a new, yeah, depot. You know, something with like a different, 
like a synonym for store on the end. Club. Nice. Club is nice. Wholesale. Wholesale. Mart. Yeah, Mart. yeah, yeah. Mart. <laughs> um, I say that's a good place to stop though for the episode, right? Yeah. Um, do you have anything to plug at the end here? You have anything to say? Uh... No.